0: Hi, everybody, and welcome. Chris is desperately writing down the secret word that he's going to try to slip into the conversation today. And it was his idea, not mine. So if he doesn't manage to do it, it's his fault, not mine. And if he does it, and it's really obvious, it's his, his fault and not mine. Welcome, Chris. A quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to The Very Silly Show, Chris Bruno. Thank you very much, Jason. I'm looking forward to this. We uh, We met, what, back in January? So uh,
1: it's been a couple of months of lockdown that we haven't seen each other, but uh, it's nice to be here.
0: Yeah. And if anybody's wondering, yes, Chris does have his own show. So he does sound like he's interviewing me, but it's actually me interviewing him. Uh, we're going to start with a couple of screens because I always do this for the brand serps. It's my obsession. If we start off. Oh, oh no, wait, we're going to start with ticket sales. 104 tickets sold. They're free tickets. So sold is in inverted commas. Out of a thousand. Now, I always put a thousand on sale because I one day expect to hit that thousand. But 104 is a pretty nice number. Uh, congratulations, Chris! That's one of the better scores we've had. Um, give it a year, you'll be back on the show, and we'll hit a thousand. I like it, and it will say "sold out" in big red letters. That's the way to do it. Brilliant. I looked your name up. Um, obviously, Chris Bruno, incredibly unique name. Uh, so that was pretty pointless exercise. But I didn't know it's Chris Bruno, the actor. Like many famous people, doesn't have his own website. He's left his um, message up to IMDb, Wikipedia, the faceless people at Wikipedia and IMDb. You don't see an entity home on his knowledge panel, and he hasn't even bothered claiming it. So a lot of people are looking to get a knowledge panel, and those who have them don't pay attention. And it's one of those really unfair things in life that I'm quite upset about. And if you look at the next screen, then I, I looked at your company as well,
1: that's um. quite a nice
0: knowledge panel. That's, uh, sorry, nice uh, brand set. You're missing the rich site links, if I may criticize. You um, may. But other than that, look, looks really positive. You've got lots of stars up there looking like your social ink uh, is, a, is a terribly, terribly good company that everybody loves. Uh, lots of stars, lots of positive stuff. Lovely, lovely brand set. Brilliant, Chris. Well, I've written down because I didn't realize I was going to get the actual
1: tips and stuff as well. So I've just written that down now, rich site links. So somebody's getting in trouble after this, or they might even be
0: watching it now, starting to work on it before I get (laughs) off the call. (laughs) Yeah, well, and uh, the other thing that's missing, I mean, I don't know how much do you tweet? Maybe you could expect to get those Twitter boxes. I don't tweet a huge amount. I kind of go off and on Twitter. I have this love-hate relationship
1: with it, which obviously being in social media is a, a weird one, but we have clients that do very, very well on Twitter. I kind of dip in and out.
0: Personally, right. I can see where you're going with that one. Um, so we're, today we're talking about standing out on social media. I mean, my idea of social media was has always kind of been, you know, post a lot, tag in all the influential people you think might be vaguely interested, hashtag until you can hashtag no more. Add a couple of images, maybe a video. Avoid putting links in the initial post. Always put the links in the replies. Bob's your uncle. What could possibly go wrong?
1: Sounds perfect. Like That's it, we can wrap up there. Mic, <laughs> mic drop, we're done. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting space from my point of view. And again, this is like you with the brand SERPs. I find this fascinating. Mm. One of the key things that everyone f- seems to forget is that before we refer to it all as social media, it used to be called the social network. And it was exactly that. It was a network of people, people coming together in one place, just like we would whether we're in person at a conference or whatever else but it meant that we were there to basically interact with other human beings. And what we've forgotten about is actually that interaction. So, you know, if you were at a conference, would you just shout out from the the other side of the hall and just, you know, keep saying 20% off over here, come over, come over 20% off my product. Reality is no, of course you wouldn't. What you'd do is you'd end up getting involved in another conversation, for example. So you'd walk over, you'd see four or five people talking about something. You kind of hang about a little bit until you kind of find a a nice entry point point. And then you'd give your side of it and you'd say, that's a really interesting point, Jason. Nice to meet you. I'm Chris. What do you do? Oh, OK. And you start a conversation. It's so simple. In real life, we do it all the time.
0: Online, right. we've forgotten all about it. We've literally so we could have a, a, a second mic drop moment and stop the conversation. And that's it. See, we <laughs> told you we'd wrap this up in five minutes. What I'd like to do is start off. I mean, you said you don't stand in the middle of the room shouting 20% off. Let's start off with the things that people do wrong. I mean, that that's a great analogy. I mean, you kind of think, oh, what idiot would do that? But that's basically what a lot of people do on social media. A huge amount. And, you know, we meet
1: clients that are multi-million pound businesses. They're successful. It's just that social media brings them absolutely nothing. And one of the key mistakes is, well, you know, we're on social media because we have to be on social media. Mm-hmm. We post on social media because we have to post on social media. And basically what it means is you're just doing this work for the sake of And it's either usually some intern or a junior person who is expected to figure all of this out and make social into this amazing experience for people. And the reality is, if you go back to the very beginning, and this has happened to me countless times, but one of my favorites on a call with a client and saying to them, okay, well, you've been spending 2000 pounds a month on your social media. What sort of results are you getting? And literally the call went deadly quiet and you could hear the pin drop of them going, oh crap, we've never even set a particular target or a particular kpi that we were interested in from social media we've just been posting on it to see right. what happens well and i yeah, think and that's one of the key mistakes
0: and it's just kind of thrown out there in the hope that something will stick and we won't say what because we'll get into trouble with youtube um and and coming back basically it's people are shouting 20 percent off as loud as they can in the middle of the room They're not actually doing it themselves, they're asking somebody they just met in the street to do it, who's then not going to hang around for more than a week, that's the intern. And then they get somebody else to do it, then they get somebody else to do it. So even when they're shouting out 20% off, it's not a consistent message. Thirdly, they don't even bother measuring who's actually reacting to their shouting.
1: They're not reacting. Well, they're not measuring who's reacting, but it, even worse than that is if you don't start with a particular purpose in mind. So, for example, we want to get more leads, we want to attract more leads. Okay, great. And a lot of companies want that. So, mm. that's absolutely fine. So, what is it about those posts that's engaging people to take the next step and to become a lead? So, are you sending them to a particular landing page? Are you offering a lead magnet, whatever it might be? But that at least is the first step to saying, okay, mm. now we can track whether this works or not right? You're throwing everything out there. But actually, if you don't know
0: what's the result that you're looking for, how would you know what works and what sticks and what doesn't? And I'm betting the next mistake then is that every or everybody, lots of people then start just posting things that are going to generate leads because that's their aim. And they don't realize that that's kind of a one trick pony that's going to bore everybody senseless. Absolutely. And again, it's the same idea of If you think about
1: this in the sense of what we said at the beginning, social networking, it's supposed to be networking. So if you imagine as a brand or as a person, as an individual on these channels, you can have conversations with people. In fact, you can get involved in other people's conversations. You can find where they're struggling with something or where they're looking for advice on something. And now you can be part of something that isn't, hey, by me, it's actually, hey, I'm Chris, I work in social media, I'm here to talk about social media but i'm not here to plug my company in any way shape or form or even the services that i offer
0: it's a different conversation and that's kind of like walking around the room that we talked about earlier on barging into other people's conversations but whereas socially it feels like you're physically barging into somebody's conversation on social media it's much more subtle it is and again it's even when you're in that room it's not really barging into the conversation because you
1: wouldn't If that conversation is happening, so people are talking about marketing, for example, I wouldn't go in and go, hi, I'm Chris. I'm a CEO of Social Inc. You need to buy my product. I've got the service for you. Here's 20% off with this code. That's not the way we interact. And again, the same thing is true online. So what we actually do is you go, hi, I'm Chris. You go, that's really interesting. Actually, marketing is kind of a challenge for a lot of small businesses. And somebody goes, yeah, it's interesting. So what do you do? Now you're in a conversation and that the version of that on social media is people can then look up your profile and see Mm -hmm. what you do. They can see your company name. They can see all of that information, especially on platforms like LinkedIn. It's a great place to meet people. But we often forget online. It's still human to human interaction. It's still people buying from people. And we still need to build those relationships, especially over the last year where we had very limited access to meet people face to face.
0: Right. That's a brilliant point as well. I kind of think we all tend to bang on about kind of who we are and what we do. And in fact, what we don't realize is if if we've engaged a conversation with somebody who's actually interested in what we've got to say, they will click on our username and go and look at who we are and what we do. And that's where we should explain that. Yeah. And even better, if you're having a real conversation about it, and like, for example, we're back and forth
1: about something, you might go, actually, this is really interesting. Can we have a chat about this on a separate side? Or can I send you a private message? Or uh, have you got any more information about that, for example? And sure. that's your opening and that's your cue. So it's not hammering people left, right and centre with information that they don't really want. You're trying to find that way of actually integrating it into a conversation, having it flow naturally, just like you would do in a real interaction.
0: Right, which is wonderful. Like, so basically, now we've just gone through everything that everybody does wrong. And now can we go into kind of standing out social media? I mean, your description uh, was really short. So you haven't given much material to work with, but we're all in an attention world. Every minute, there are millions of new posts added on social media. So how can we stand out in this world by actually being social? Now, that's what you're saying about kind of the network idea. But standing out is more than just kind of saying, oh, I think I'll be sociable today. Well, actually, it's one of the key elements that makes a difference. So oh, if you okay. want to build a real
1: network of people and a real community of people that actually want to engage with you and your brand, it starts with your clients, your suppliers, your partners, your employees. But if you look at 90% of companies, especially small to mid-sized, you know, 25 to 50 employees, those employees are their number one asset when it comes to social media. Right. And if you look at most of those brands, you'll find that the employees don't interact in any way, shape or form with the company's content. Now, what a huge waste. If you've got engaging content that's good for sales to be able to send out to clients or where there's a good post that they can tag some of the existing clients in so that they can see it, all of these things have a networking effect. And on LinkedIn, especially for B2B, for example, just by having those tags and having that conversation happen on a post, the returns are exponential. Like it can become a a sheep dip bonanza of some sort to, to basically get everyone there and all of a sudden, you're actually having these really big conversations and your content's being seen by 10x the amount of people that you thought it would be. And that's where the magic happens on social media, not by having this one post that goes viral. And it's something that you can never replicate ever again.
0: Great. That's the best answer I've heard all oh, year for multiple reasons. Now, a question about LinkedIn. I find that the company pages, posting on company page or from company pages is pretty much shooting into an empty barrel, nothing ever happens. Is there a solution to that, specifically LinkedIn? Yeah, actually, and LinkedIn is one of the
1: worst for it. So the company page seems to get next to no interaction in comparison to a person. And this is why, again, if you go back to it, if you've got 10 employees Mm. and they're interacting or they're sharing content, you're literally more than 10xing because actually their own content would be three, four times more powerful than the company profile would be. So all of those people being able to reuse that content, reuse the message to be able to share, to be able to engage with people within a conversation, that's where the impact effect really happens. So you can go from having a couple of hundred views or impressions of your content on your company page to suddenly having a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, just by having your employees actually using that content in the right way. And also, again, a lot of brands don't, really use their teams in the best possible way they'll put restrictions for example on what you can and can't say on social media Mm. instead of encouraging them to say look be who you are talk about what you do and how else can we interact with the greater circle our clients the people that love the brand the most right now if they want to interact and have conversations they should always be
0: talking talking about it. (laughs) Anton that's exactly what I was thinking I simply don't have enough employees otherwise I would be king of social media. That's Um, fantastic. But uh, there's another question. It's kind of like some employees don't want to get involved in social media. They don't want to kind of help amplify the message. I mean, imagining that your company is so incredibly sexy and exciting that your employees actually want to help rather than just turning up and making a quick buck to pay the bills and get through the weekend. So I think it depends on who you're talking about. But if you've got a team that works in customer
1: service or that deals with any of the clients on a day-to-day basis, if you've got account managers, if you've got salespeople, uh, if you've got somebody doing marketing for your brand, all of those people have to have some kind of buy-in. And like you said, if you've just got 10 employees that rock up and turn up and that really don't care about the brand or the product, you're in a very bad space or a very bad way already, right? You need to really look into that and start sort of figuring things out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Anton, watch out. Um, <laughs> but the idea of it is that, right, if nobody's willing to actually get involved, or even worse, if your content is so waste of space and time that none of well, your employees feel that it would bring any value to share that within their network, then you're going to have that problem. And that's going to consistently stay there. It's not forcing people to share or anything else. It's asking them to get involved in the bigger picture because it helps them as well. If you, when I go to an interview or when I have somebody come to me for an interview, because I haven't had one now for 13 years, but mm. one of the first things I do is I will look at people's social profiles and everybody does. And you want to see how active that person is. You want to see what they talk about and what they don't talk about. And it's not looking for things that are big negative boxes like 10 years ago, they made a joke that was slightly inappropriate. What mm. you're actually looking for, though, is somebody that is in love with the particular space that you work in, that's constantly talking about it, that's got a bit of a following and that has this kind of, Networking effect around them. That's a huge bonus for a lot of brands to be able to bring somebody like that on.
0: So, if I want to get a job with your company or presumably any of the companies you're now advising, I have to have a phenomenal following on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook. Not a
1: phenomenal following in terms of numbers. What you need to be is actually someone that cares about it. Like, this is the thing, right? If you, so it's like you saying to somebody, you need to really focus on your brand SERP, and Mm. then us looking you up and finding actually we can't find your website, you're on page 72.
0: Yeah. It would be uh, a Which real isn't problem. the case, by the way, for anybody listening. Number one. Number one Number one. one. With um, the rich site links. Absolutely. But that's what you're kind of trying to do, right?
1: It's the same as, you know, if we were to tell people you should post on social media and if you went over to us and you saw that we made no content, you'd think right. that's really weird, right? That's not, you know, they're not actually doing
0: what they're they're saying or what yeah. they're saying they should do. And a lot of us, especially in the SEO community, say, Oh yeah, well, I'm not ranking because you know the 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 cobbler is the least well shod or whatever the saying is. <laughs> Um, which, yeah, I get. But I mean, in the social media space or the brand search space, you really have to walk the walk and talk the talk. I I think for everything, it's it's very
1: easy. And agencies are the first people to put their hands up and say, like, we don't do enough. And it's true because you get busy. So anything that's in the pipeline for you automatically gets shelved and put to one side. Clients always come first. I'm not ranking. I am under NDA. (laughs) I'm loving these comments. Sorry.
0: Very distracting. Don't encourage him. Um... (laughs) The thing is, with, with the with the audio podcast, people can't see it. So you've done a great presenter's job of actually reading it. Um, but no, do encourage him, Anton. Anton, uh, was it last week? Uh, the, the, uh, uh, Nava Hopkins was saying how incredibly funny Anton is. So. I like those pop-ups. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember what I was talking about. No, but what, what we can do is make a social post out of that bit. Absolutely. And
1: so actually, this is a really interesting thing as well. Repurposing content. Uh, This isn't what we were talking about at all before, but you know, everyone's making something. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. it. I've just remembered as an agency, we're the first to kind of shelve things for ourselves. But actually, what's really important is that you continue to have that presence. People should see you. And we want to engage with people. We want our clients to feel like they could be part of something. In fact, our clients feature as part of our social um, as part of our social oh. content.
0: Right. So you, basically, when your clients come on board, you start promoting them so they get an extra push from your own social media presence. It'll be something as simple as on a video call one day whilst we're
1: recording for them, we'll ask them a question like, so what do you think of working with Social Inc.? And we've got some really funny answers where there's like a long pause because they weren't expecting it. And we're like that. Wow. This isn't uh, this isn't the best of responses. But we use that content as well. And again, we're constantly we want to feel like we're partners with a firm that we're working with. We don't want to feel like we take money. We deliver that. Get off. Leave us alone. Don't talk to us about any other problems you're having online. So we we try and make that relationship good. But that also reflects online. So you'll see that we've got certain close clients that are constantly commenting on things. They're constantly involved in it. They'll introduce other people or tag other people. And that comes from building that very small core community and that's core network at the beginning. And that has more impact than spending a 100 bucks on Facebook ads.
0: Right. And now you started talking about repurposing. I mean, repurposing is something I kind of... Uh, Lauren Baker from from Search Engine Journal talked to me about it a couple of years ago, and I suddenly thought, oh, what a great idea, thinking it was new. And it's not new at all. It's been around for years and years and years and years. Um, But one of the things that strikes me is it's easier said than done. Absolutely but it's like everything it's if it was super easy and it
1: took no time or effort, everyone would be billionaires. Right. And we'd all have six packs.
0: Um, (laughs) All of us look for that really simple solution. We look for that. I mean, for the podcast, a few people have contacted me and said, we've got an AI program that will pull out the best quotes from your podcast, put it into kind of a little video box. And to be honest, I mean, most of it is just rubbish. They they pick out the bits where somebody's going, um, uh, mm, mm, mm," and they don't say anything particularly interesting. And, and, that's the point is if you want it to be great, you need to actually put have some human input and make some human choices. Yeah. And you put in the effort. So
1: for us, for our podcast, and again, we don't do enough. It's the truth. We know that we should be doing more. Um, but literally, we will go through a complete transcript and highlight pieces that we like and what we wanted out of the convo. And that will become a quote graphic, for example. It's a human element because no right. one, there are no machines out there yet that are nailing this perfectly. There's platforms like Headliner and things like that that will auto create these for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen, I've literally got it turned on. So every day it picks a random episode and creates a random clip. I haven't used a single one of them. I'm hoping that one day it will get better, but it hasn't so far. Right. So- well, it's,
0: it's nice that you were actually nastier about it than I was, because I, I said it wasn't very good. You gave a specific example on a specific head. It's it's just bad like but it's it's not their fault the technology
1: isn't there yet we can't understand what the important things are or the important messaging is they are or what you know the inferences if somebody starts a brand new sentence and says something really powerful that might be picked up but it might be absolute nonsense and not make any real sense for a quote or for its own standalone because it's following up off other things so there's a lot of complexities to to picking up a little chunk of a of a bigger conversation
0: Right, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think we all think, oh, there's going to be this really simple solution. And for SEO, people do it all the time. they'll, oh, I'll change a couple of keywords, change a meta title, and I'll rank number one. And you say, well, and it's the same with knowledge panels. I mean, my my big obsession is knowledge panels. I mean, well, I'll just create a Wikipedia page or add some stuff to Wikidata, and Bob's your uncle. You get the knowledge panel, and it can work. But at the same time, you're saying it's never going to work long term and it's never going to be controllable if you don't do the groundwork and you don't build it up little by little. And that requires good old fashioned or bad old fashioned, depending on how you look at it, hard work. It, It sounds terrible. But the reason
1: why there are so many dodgy coaches promising to help you have a seven figure business in 60 days or 30 days or whatever else is because people are inherently lazy and we want a quick fix solution to getting rich. Uh, I've owned an agency for 13 years. I'm not wealthy. I survive. I do okay. We're, we're happy. I'm just ecstatic not to ever have to work for anyone else ever again if I can help it. But okay. the reality is it still takes hard work. Every single day you're working, you're putting in the time, you're putting in the effort, you're learning. All these platforms are changing. It's the same thing for you guys with with search. It's, it's insane. All these platforms are updated. Yeah. Algorithms get smarter. The social media platforms change. There's rules coming in now about third-party cookies and tracking data. That's going to change online advertising. It's just constant. So we're all learning. We're all having to put in the time and effort. Anyone that's looking for that quick fix, that magic tool, shiny new tool, button, whatever it is that they think is going to change everything, they'll be sorely disappointed and they'll probably waste a lot of money in the meantime.
0: Yeah, right. No, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I, I've been I've finished building CaliCube Pro, and I've been onboarding people. And the initial process is good fun. And it actually, going out and correcting all this information and getting the corroboration out there, and as Simon Cox says, pollinating the world with your information is just going through the list that CaliCube presents and correcting it by hand. And there isn't another way of doing it. No, and again, a lot of these things as
1: well. If you're a smaller business. Doing these things hands-on yourself is going to give you a huge amount of knowledge. That experience of doing it, I think, is epic. And it's the same thing with social. Before it gets handed off to some kid or, you know, the, the cousin of somebody who works in accounting or whatever it might be, there's an element of actually creating content just to see how difficult it is to create a post that gets some form of interaction. It can sometimes take 20, 30, 50, 100 iterations of trying to do something that actually engages with your audience. But that's all about the experience of actually doing it and actually figuring out what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, I really like that idea. It's, if you've had to fight through the process of actually getting the thing to work and you've seen how difficult it is and you've seen how often it's disappointed, it makes you, a, appreciate it more, but also kind of gives you a process that you can then hand off to the kid down the road or the cousin's wife's daughter's dog to actually do because you've got a process in place. Um, and the knowledge as well, that's that who's really interesting, is the more you kind of delve into it, you're going to think, oh, I'm wasting time, but you're not, you're learning, you're seeing what the interactions are going to be. Um, so on to another topic, which is walled gardens. And all these platforms are pushing more and more towards walled gardens, and you're having to play more and more in their playground, as it were, and they won't let you out. They're putting up these big fences. or I've got this image in my head of all these kids playing in a playground with these big kind of prison fences going up around them. But that's kind of what it feels like at times. You're describing it like the Hunger Games or something. But, yeah, yeah I, 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 right. I'm getting the same. I'm getting the same mental image now.
1: Uh, they are walled gardens. But again, at the same time, if, if you had built it or if I had built it, we'd probably be looking at how we could do the same sort of things. I think that's important to realize you've also got your own walled gardens. You've got your own yeah. website. You've got your own product set. You've got your own services. You've got your own mail list. There's a hundred ways to skin a cat. And I think social media still offers a huge audience. Oh, different you... sheep. <laughs> also, also true. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I find interesting with that, though, is, you know, the walled garden is there. And actually the mass of people that are inside that walled garden are still there to be interacted with. And this is where, again, we always come back to it. We're saying you need to be more social on social media, because if you have a conversation, if you build up a relationship, somebody will take the time to go and check out your other page, your other channel, your other whatever it might be. Or they'll sign up to something and then you'll get their email address and that takes them into your own walled garden, which is something that's really important.
0: So I mean going back to the kind of playground analogy, it's it's get into a conversation, give them the business card or the equivalent of if you're a child, obviously you probably don't have a business card, but the idea is there. And then when everybody does go out of that playground, which they all do at some point, we don't spend our entire lives in one playground, they will come round to your house and have a cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. And we've done it before. We've all done it,
1: right? You'll have been on Facebook and you'll have seen something that you liked the look of and you will have taken an action. And then suddenly your email inbox three days later has 92 emails that are all crap and actually not really anything that you're interested in, but all related to that one thing that you signed up for, that one thing that you clicked on a button about, or that one product that you went to check out their website. And then you get followed around the internet with ads. The thing is though, again, it's all part of that relationship building, prospecting, Trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But you've also got a space whereby, you know, on average, people are spending in excess of 60 minutes a day on their particular chosen network. That means really? those people are there. Yeah. What a waste of time. Well, it depends which way you look at it. It does. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking at it very negatively. I do apologize. So, so you have to think about it. Yes, you will have people that are sat there mindlessly scrolling. You'll also have people that, you know, are using LinkedIn. For four or five hours a day because it's part of their sales outreach process, for yeah. example. So now we're suddenly saying, "Well, hang on a second. This is a very different kind of uh, a very different kind of user." And again, depending on what it is that you're trying to achieve, you can start figuring out, "Well, who is it that I'm trying to achieve it with? Right. Where do they hang out? What sort of interactions are they getting involved in? So are they are they posting a lot in groups to try and understand something or to try and learn something, or are they hanging out on?" instagram versus linkedin for example whatever it might be mm. that allows you to start by setting up the the parameters of what it is that you're actually going to do and then at that point you can get involved in those conversations where they hang out and it becomes the playground where all
0: the cool kids that you want to hang out with are Ooh. and you can go over there oh i like that yeah so you want to find the, the the playground full of the cool kids you want to hang out with and i would like to retract what i said about what a phenomenal waste of time because in fact you're right uh if I mean it, it's a it's a waste of time if you're doing it pointlessly, yeah, but if it's half an hour a day and that does it, that's great. and if it's four hours a day and you need four hours a day, uh so I made a terrible sweeping generalization, and I now feel terribly ashamed of myself. Sorry, right. you made me
1: feel bad as well. I spend way too much time
0: on social media for work um, but it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yes, goodbye. It's your job the The very bad interview technique is saying the the incredibly obvious. Well, to be fair, though, again, it's if you look at Facebook
1: from a generic point of view and you say, well, I'm only connected to my friends and family. There you go. That's it. So it's a pointless network in the sense of it's not going to help me build my business or my brand or anything else. But the reality is I'm not just connected to those people. I'm also connected to groups. I'm connected to brands. I'm connected to systems that we use on a regular basis. So actually, you know, if I'm if I'm struggling with something, 90 percent of the time, I will go to Twitter and ask the brand if there's something wrong with the system or if it's me that's made a mistake.
0: Yeah, like which,
1: that's
0: become which is, a central point. Well, yeah, I mean, so and that's moving away from standing out from the crowd with your brilliant social media strategy. It's actually serving your customers where they happen to be. I had an experience with the KLM uh, France uh, and sent a form through their website and didn't get a reply. Sent it on Twitter and got a reply straight away, and they sorted it out in no time. Brilliant customer service off Twitter. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I've
1: done the same thing with BA. One day the entertainment system was broken or something. I literally tweeted a photo and just said, this is a real shame. You know, I was on an A380. It's a brand new plane, one thing, or another. Uh, and I think like an hour later, I had a message basically saying, you know, here you go. There's some information. Uh, if you can provide us with your Avios account number, we'll uh, we'll transfer some
0: Avios to say sorry. Oh, OK. and oh, Well, I've fixed the entertainment system in the seat you were sitting in.
1: No, I didn't have any entertainment system, but you know you have got enough Avios to to get a half price flight somewhere else. But right, no, sorry. What I meant is for the next person who sits in that
0: seat, You're
1: your f- fingers, fingers crossed they did that. If not, the other person could have just followed my technique and
0: everyone was just getting free Avios from BA. I don't know, but <laughs> um... oh yeah, that that's a good point. You can catch them out that way. But oh, if it's if it's the if it's the uh, intern who's doing it and the intern keeps changing, they're going to keep getting caught out by people like you. Well, to but if intern... it's the same person, they won't. The intern was fantastic in terms of the guy who's,
1: uh, whoever it was, guy or girl, I don't know, was uh looking after Dulux paint. And oh. I don't know if you saw this with Tottenham Hotspurs uh, over the weekend, last weekend, I think, end of last week. Anyway, they made a, a funny joke about the fact that, you know, they wanted to repaint uh Tottenham Hotspurs and they become the official paint partners for them. And uh let's tweet to the yeah. Um So... Basically, the joke was somebody from Dulux put, you know, there's no real point in repainting this. It's so dusty and old because it's got no silverware in it. Uh, And actually, it turns out, yeah, (laughs) turns out it wasn't received quite so well in terms of it created a huge buzz. But this is the thing that we're talking about standing out on social that created more buzz and became their biggest and best performing tweet for a long time. In fact, I'll say forever um, for somebody like Dulux.
0: (laughs) I mean, in that situation, right, for people who don't know uh, football, uh, sorry, uh, Arsenal and Tottenham are, are big enemies. Um, so basically, what they've now done is is alienated all the Tottenham fans and got all the Arsenal fans to start painting using Dulux. Very possible, but and most Dixon importantly... and Jones is is is, uh, is is ridiculing your Avios points. I don't even know what they are it's uh well air miles but you can't use them anymore i agree uh thank you very much for the comment it's
1: just reminded me of how many i have sat there doing nothing along with a couple of companion vouchers and i can't fly anywhere with anyone
0: yeah it's like that, that that kind of sharp intake of breath that i just did was me realizing what dixon was trying to say which shows how slow i am today it's all good.
1: It's uh, it's just a nice reminder that we're not traveling anywhere anytime soon. There you yeah, go. Thanks That's, for rubbing uh, that in, de- depressing, <laughs> depressing way to a uh, – there you go. That's where you end the episode. We all have a cry after this.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if I may say so, I was traveling around the world being a digital nomad, and it all rather fell terribly, terribly short. But um, it, it will be back. Yes, eventually. I agree. Yeah. Right, back to social media and not onto Avios points. Um, yes. Yeah. My 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 next question is basically I would like a roundup of which platforms suit which type of audience. Ah, uh, that's a really tricky one. It um, is, yeah. But you, there must be an answer. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you one. Twitter is for funny people who just like to every everything is kind of terribly, terribly temporary. Facebook is for people who like to hang out all the time and and exchange all their really, really deepest thoughts linkedin is for people who are trying to do lots of business and make lots of money instagram is people who like photos youtube is people who like to show off and I'll th- what's the other one uh tiktok is for people who've got no time there you go that's your <laughs> summary. now your turn <laughs>
1: How do I follow up with that? Um I don't know. Something professional. That was <laughs> so. yeah, to be fair, you you said it all. We're gonna use that actually on our website. We're just oh, in the no. precedent of work. We'll just we'll just slap that up as a as a roundup. it's not quite as simple as that, but yeah, in general terms, you know, LinkedIn is far more B2B related. Mm. Uh if you're in fashion, if you're in sports, stuff like that, you know, Instagram is a great platform, it's very visual, oh, no, no. it's a fantastic way to do it. But then you also have to start breaking down in sense of, you know, if you're selling to 15 to 17 year olds, the chances are you probably want to be on TikTok and promoting whatever that product is, because it's going to be far more relevant to them on that platform, as opposed to being on LinkedIn, for example. Uh, So, again, you've got all of these different varieties, but... There was one thing that like, always kind of stuck out to me. We were in a meeting one day and somebody else from another agency had sort of said this out loud. And he was like, that, look, it's really simple. You're telling me that none of your clients who are business people are on Facebook. And they were like that, yes. And he's like that, okay, so everyone in this room, how many of you are on Facebook? And everyone put their hand up. Right. So what's always interesting is, is that we kind of remember these platforms as being, well, this is where, you know, this is where you share your your travel photos and make yourself look really good on Instagram, for example, or Facebook Mm. is just where your mum wants to hang out and and send you a Farmville request or whatever it was. Yeah,
0: that's a better description than the one I gave.
1: I like that (laughs) one. But the reality is that actually most of us are on it and we are still on it. And actually Mm. we're not just on it, but the chances are we follow at least one brand magazine news industry outlet something that is about what we actually look at or what we actually do, do as a living or what we're interested in in that sense so there's always kind of a crossover along the platforms but in general terms finding where your audience hangs out is going to be the most important thing so and it's going to be industry-based it's going to be age-based it's going to be geographically based as well um, and i think that's what's really important starting with that information and knowing where to focus your time and effort that's a real key to the strategy.
0: I think that's a brilliant conclusion. I do like that. Thank you very much, Chris. That was incredibly important. It was a lot of fun. And the the secret joke was that he had to say, sheep dip bonanza, and he got it in there. If you want to hear it, go back to, I think it was about minute five or six. He got it in pretty quickly, really neatly, really smoothly. It was a great answer. Now, really quickly for next week, Laurie can't make it. She's had a health issue. So Alessia Korobka has stepped in with image SEO tip. Tricks and tweaks, and that's going to be absolutely awesome. I know she knows a lot about it, so we're going to be talking about images, SEO, and how to get to the top of Google Images. And it's also really good for ontologies and all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about all the geeky stuff too. Thank you very much, Chris. That was amazing. You get the song to go out. A Thank quick you, Jason. goodbye to and the show. Thank you, Chris. Just Chris Bruno Hey, on Twitter. So I'm trying to do you a bit of social promotion there.
1: That's fantastic. I think I need to see you with like a bowler hat and a walking stick so you could do the dance from the olden days as well,
0: like along the way yeah. with singing. Now I've just thought about Mary Poppins with Dick Van Dyke with Mary Poppins, uh, who's uh, the actress I can't remember the name of, and the Penguins. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what we need to have as your outro from now on. Brilliant. We'll leave everybody with that message. Thank you for watching, everybody. See you very soon. Thank you.